0: Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Julian Villard. What up? I'm B-Ski. And we are the real... The real... Gentlemen... Gentlemen... Of... Of Queens. Of Queens. You like, you did the, You like, waited for Queens. Yeah, you know, you just... We're musicians, right? We gotta be musical. That's the whole point. Oh, um, shit. How was your week, Brian? How was your week?
1: My week was testy. Testing. Oh, yeah. It's, trying, it was a, tr- it's a, it's a. these are trying, trying times, Julian They are, it's, it doesn't help that it's really hot in Queens right now It's wild hot, I just got back from a walk I walked around the
0: town, because now it, the temperature got all the way down to 85 And I said, oh wow, I can leave the house now That's nice, I should, maybe I'll go for a walk after we record this intro um, I'm sitting here in my podcast studio, shirtless and in gym shorts I bet that's a beautiful visual for you and our listeners I'm very aroused But actually, I think it's quite appropriate that I'm clad like this, because we are uh, about to embark on an odyssey of fatherhood. That's right. This uh, upcoming episode is all about the genre of dad rock. Oh, yeah. And finally, I feel like I'm on familiar ground. Yeah, this is your bag. Yeah. uh, You know, after two podcasts of wandering in the wilderness of Latin soul and 90s East Coast rap, (laughs) I am firmly in my location. Uh I love I love being a dad and I love dad music. And uh we had a fellow father on the podcast. She didn't start out as a dad, but she ended the podcast as a dad, uh the incomparable or incomparable. I'm not even never sure how you say that. Uh Grace Spellman. Uh she's a writer, comedian and musician and we really got into it and I have to say my biggest takeaway besides the fact that Grace is the shit is that her her dad is amazing. Like, I want to hang out with her dad. Yeah. I, I, I feel like we need to have him as, as a guest. I mean, her dad plays like GTA and rocks like the Yacht Rock <laughs> Station. I mean, that's 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 quite the dad. Um, so we get into it. We talk about all the various nooks and crannies of the dad genre, and we get into uh, – there's, there's a lot of eagles. There's some Steely Dan, of course. Um, and, yeah, I think we covered it pretty sufficiently. Uh, a couple quick programming notes. Again, please – read and review us in your podcast app it really helps the algorithm it helps people find us and yes i know you're curious there is a playlist for this episode and it is of course titled very well it is r-g-o-q-e-p-7 colon dad rock on spotify you can find it in the episode notes you don't even need to write that down just you remember it look it up you know, to defend myself, if you were to type it in under the title of the podcast, you would get the podcast. So I felt like I need to distinguish the playlist from the podcasts. Anyway, um, also Grace is like a Spotify influencer, so maybe we can somehow get her to feature the 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 playlist. People like really care about the playlist she makes. She's That's a good kind call. Of incredible. Um, anything else? You got anything else to say? Be scotch latte. Tell your dads to, to to listen to this. You know what I mean? They'll be into this, it. This one's for the dads. The young dad. This is for dads of all generation. I also like how we talked about, like, the future of dad music too, which I was the, really excited about. The future of dad All right, ladies and gentlemen, sit tight. Uh, you're in for a real treat. Here is the seventh episode of our podcast, The Real Gentleman of Queens, all about dad rock. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen, listeners of all ages. Welcome to a new episode of The Real Gentleman of Queens. I am your host, Julian Villard. I am your co-host, B. and
1: Koyaso, am with you
0: live from the nursery once again. From the nursery. You've turned your AC off this time. I'm very proud of you, Brian. Um, Listen, let's have- drive. Another great episode for you guys in uh, a very specific playlist yet again that we're going to discuss, a genre that Brian and I, I think we can say that we have a fair amount of experience in. Wouldn't you say that, Brian? I think so, yeah. I think so. I mean, we qualify. Uh, we, 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 we are... Of this thing, we are uh, one of the, the the title, I'm not even saying this right, we're, one of, we're the title of the playlist.
1: We are that. Who but us is more qualified to speak on dad rock than dads
0: that rock. That's right. We are two dads that rock. And we have another dad with us. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Writer, comedian, musician, Grace Spellman. Grace, you identify as a dad, I've heard.
2: Yes, I do. As <laughs> my dad voice. Yeah, I do.
0: You you do you you have an and we become uh, internet frenzies to a degree and now we're gonna mm-hmm. hopefully become real frenzies if I don't real frenzies upset you with my deep opinions about Dad Rock but you um you are known and I I said this before you are like a I, I'm I will qualify you as like a Spotify superstar I am overwhelmed by not only your amount of followers on Spotify but the uh, the sort of incredible specificity of your playlists it's pretty it's pretty dope.
2: Thank you. Yeah. I would say that uh, my playlists, something unique about them is they tend to uh, shift more towards like the actual sound that you're hearing rather than moods, you know? So, which doesn't really make for like a fun listening experience to press play, but it's like good cataloging that is like a little bit of an obsessive hobby for
0: me. So give me me an example of that cataloging.
2: So, all right. So, well, I've got like your basic, like I've got um, playlists that are like songs with hand claps that i like and and granted these all have to be <laughs> songs that i like so I, I i don't just put any song with hand claps that i like songs that i think use it well or i like the song and things like that
0: what is a song with hand claps that you do not like can you think of just any like one? a bad
2: just like a i don't even i can't even think of it because it's not a good song so I, you know what i mean it's like if it's got good hand claps i remember it if it's right. got bad hand claps i'm not paying attention to it you know I, okay
0: so give me good, give me good hand claps then
2: uh, Celia by Simon Garfunkel. You've got a lot of like that, you those know. Are,
0: those are excellent hand claps. Also, the, the name of my daughter as well. I'm partial.
2: Ah, was that, did you name her it after her? I, mean, I the, did. I, mean,
0: <laughs> I spell. I named the song, I named Paul Simon's song after my daughter. <laughs> but, but Paul Simon is, is an artist that I have a very conflicted history with. Uh, you know, he is of Queens, so we must celebrate him on the podcast. Right. But I also think the, hand, the quality of the hand clap on Cecilia, it's like a nice kind of like acoustic it's not like a a, a mechanical it's clap.
2: not a, mefa- a manufactured one it's got a really organic feel to it
0: right. I feel like all and I feel like you shout you know, out to Phil Ramone shout out to Phil Ramone no that's not a Phil Ramone that's um Roy Haley that's a Roy Haley production right because it's mm-hmm. Simon and Garfunkel good good call good call back Brian um and then of course you must have a ton of Michael Jackson songs in there because I feel like Michael Jackson hand claps are no
1: rock with you is the ultimate hand clap song for me I mean it just, just happens <laughs> once every chorus
2: I think it's like I would say like the songs tend to be claps that carry the song, you know. I can't think of like, mm. you know, I don't know. I just when I think of MJ's production, it's just like so lush with other things that like I, I guess I don't know. I've never like really anytime there's good like hand claps in an MJ song, there's usually like the base. There's something else that's better than it. You know what I mean? For me,
0: that's that's Probably. an excellent. I think I think his they're, they're lush productions and and the hand claps are sort of an add on. I will I will yeah. that. Um, so, we are going to try to tackle the genre, and I guess it's a genre of dad rock. And I, I have so many thoughts about this genre, mainly because I'm a father of two, but also I love dad rock and I have loved dad rock for ever before I was a dad. And w- how do, Brian, like, what do you, like, when you think about dad rock, like, how would you define dad rock?
1: When well, I think of dad rock, I think of uh Paul Rudd's character in Knocked Up and this is forty. <laughs> right? Like this like middle-aged white dude who just likes this really particular brand of rock music like probably like Steely Danish
0: or 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 yes or um see because uh, I I feel like the, you know first of all and 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 also a huge shout out to Grace Spellman right now because I'm gonna say it's like a top ten Twitter account for me. Yeah. You are the, you are the creator of the Steely Dance account, which is like yeah, it scratches. All. Have you have you checked this out, Brian? I need to wait. Explain to me what Steely Dance is because they, this sounds amazing.
2: So basically, I just like take kind of good videos of normal people dancing. There's like a few of Elmo and Kermit or whatever, but they're funny. <laughs> like they're comedic videos on their own without Steely Dan. Um, but they're good dancers. No one's like really a bad dancer. But anyways, I take Steely Dan songs and make it look like and i work really hard to like line it up so they're, it really they're, looks they're like
0: fucking incredible they're <laughs> like, like they're i'm really not dancing even i'm i am oh. blowing like you know i was like i think that's when i was like all right this i'm like all in on you when i when i saw I'm that i so cow, ashamed that i don't know Lisa this account, shit is I amazing it's like the funkiest weirdest dancing to like the funkiest steely dance songs like it just dance. and it
2: just proves that like it's great Danceable music, you know. There are some people who get mad, like old boomers. in my replies being like, "This isn't like, you know, pe- teens can't dance to this. Like, this is not dancing music." And it's uh, just like, okay, clearly it is. Well, that's sort
1: right. of right.
0: I think, for especially with Steely Dan, Donald Fagan or, would slap you for that. He wants you to ex- dance. Yeah. He wants you
2: to dance to it, exactly.
0: But there's, there's th- That's sort of the secret of that music is that, like, it's t- you know, it's it's comes out of that sort of like classic rock legacy, but it's funky as shit. Um, but I do think there is a thing with Steely Dan. And we'll get into the dadness of all of it, but I do think there's a thing with Steely Dan where like, and okay, I'm, I'm going to say my, fr- I also want to make a huge disclaimer. I'm going to line step constantly during this podcast and say things that are offensive to various identities and cultures because like that, I think is kind of what dad rock is about. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think dad rock is about saying things, but like, I'm I have Well, not, we can just I'm, lay, it,
1: we can lay it down right now. Right? Like dad, dad rock is some white shit,
0: right? It's some white shit. Like, it's it's a, white. like right. it, it is white, like that's, well, that's the first thing. It is white people music. Like I think in it, and I think that in that way, Steely Dan is not poor dad rock to me. Is Steely Dan white people music? Yes. To the average person, no.
2: yes. But to a, a person who knows about music and, and no. I, right. I mean, I don't know. Like, you know, were there were the, all the musicians in the house, the studio band, were they all white? Probably. No. You know, like, no, they no, 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 not at
0: all. No, Bernard Purdy, Chuck Rainey. It's like, they oh, yeah, Bernard scary. Purdy. Oh, my yeah, God. God. All right, ignore ass. me. I didn't say that. No, no, it's that. fine. Don't worry. We're going to, like, with the discography stuff. Well, don't worry. Like, we're, but like, I
2: totally forgot about it. That was their whole
0: thing. There were two nerdy guys who went to Bard College who, and it's funny, if you listen to early Steely Dan that records, like they sound like it's like bad carol king or like bad even worse todd Rundgren when you listen to the early demos and then they get all the baddest cats playing on the stuff and um but i like i think there's yeah, they were jazz and r&b exactly and, and i think you the know? jazz pedigree sort of moves it and like so when i say white when you say white people music also be clear it's not like white people like dave matthews is, is white right. people music there is like a sophistication to dad rock but there is and so here's the other thing and then and i'll get off stealing it entirely i have not met a lot of female appreciators of Steely Dan.
2: I have some things to say about that too. Okay, um, go ahead.
0: I've, offended, I've already I've already line-stepped with Brian. No, no, no go, no, I'm go, not, I'm gonna do I'm it. I'm not
2: offended. Well, something to tie it back to the Steely Dance account. When I first started it, everyone pretty much assumed it was run by a, a man. Like I would get of people course. in the replies, so many being like, thank you, sir. Like King, Dude. King, you've done it again. And it's like, <laughs> no, like I'm not, you know. Um, <laughs> But I I think it also comes from, I don't want to get too, like, you know, femme. I just, there's, like you said, there is a, uh, the jazz part of Steely Dan sort of implies this, like, sophistication and this, like, deep learning that sort of, and this is, and I kind of want to talk about that also, but, like, people who listen to Steely Dan, you know, you listen to it because you want to hear that, like, the the, the shuffle, and you want to hear the solo, and and I... and often it seems that women just, like, don't really do that sort of close listening in the way that men do. Like the Paul Rudd character, you know, they have the inside joke, like, for slapping the bass. And his wife is just like, well, I don't get it. You know, where right. – but but there are women, you know. But and, I
0: think – I'm going to go further. to I'm going. I'm go following Steely Dance right this instant, by the way. Oh, dude. This <laughs> is done. I'm telling you it's like – but you, like, you kind of retired, right? Like, you had, like you, – you took a Steely Dance break.
2: Yeah, well, because they just took me fucking forever to make. Because I would literally, I can't tell you, I was just like, this has to be
0: perfect. But this and- shows because the content is incredible. It is a fucking plus content. But Thank the, you. I think the reason why <laughs> it's because of the lyrical bent of the songs, because it's always depicting these sort of arch, seedy characters that are like leches. Like, like, like half this, there's like a huge portion of men sleeping with underage women in Steely Dan songs. Like if you listen to it and you go deep, like the characters. It's are- kind of a staple of rock and roll though.
2: Oh, great. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's
0: true. Um, all yeah, right, anyway. that's okay. Yeah, I'm going to have plenty of uh, uh, opportunities to be misogynistic and racist throughout this podcast, and I'm going to take full advantage of them because we are finally after two episodes of me talking about Latin soul and 90s (laughs) hip hop, I finally get to talk about some serious middle aged white music and I am so fucking ready for this shit okay um i am that's why i'm normally we let the guests lead off but i'm just like I, grace i'm just using you as an excuse to just completely
2: i'm a woman you know i'm used to it you know just walk right all over me
0: no no i'm no. not we won't do that we won't do that um okay so i thought i wanted to start off with uh, we we've broken it up into categories again and our first category is quintessential dad rock and i feel like this song for me epitomizes a lot of the elements of dad rock or the sort of bent on dad rock that I've kind of gone. Oh, on, oh, we'll start that again. Some long uh polyrhythmic intro.
1: Seven days was all she wrote. Kind of to her know. She gave some. me.
0: So we are listening to Gordon Matthew Thomas Sumner, a.k.a. the artist known as Sting, former lead singer of The Police. And this is off of his solo album, Ten Sumner's Tales, or Summoner's Tales. I never know if he's like, he's making fun of his last name with it. Uh, the 1991 release, I'm going to say. Uh, I'll look at that. Turn this down a little bit so I can uh, get my spiel in. And uh, sort of, you know, has a lot of his biggest hits. Fields of Gold is on here. If I Ever Lose My Faith in You is on here. Um, actually, it's 93. 91 is Soul Cages. Um, and this song, I think, epitomizes so many elements of dad rock. Uh, it's called Seven Days. Seven Days which is a very obvious reference to the song, that the fact that the song is in 7-4 time signature, which is <laughs> so absurd. It's so, like... That's how-
1: very dad rocky. Right, isn't that... Like pretty- the, the, the prog element
0: of it, right? right? There's some, Where it's not yeah, just yeah, like tones, like, it feels kind of, you know, it's got Vinnie Caluda on the drums, so it's like, high-level prod. I was going to ask if it was Chambers. Okay. Yeah, it's of course. And um, so, and he's talking about, I have to look at the lyric, but he's basically talking about how, like, You know, how can I convince my woman to love me over seven days? It just feels like it has this sort of elegance and narcissistic asshole tinge to it that feels very... baby boomer. It feels very boomer. This is like I've gone through the revolution, and now I have money, and now I can afford to listen to records that are on odd time signatures in (laughs) my basement with my alcohol. Um, Thoughts? Any 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 counter? Any thoughts on Sting in general? Are you Sting fans? I am a Sting fan. Are you like when you see? a Sting fan, Are you a police fan or are you a Sting fan?
1: I'm a police fan. I'm but a police I'm, fan. I, I may be one of those guys that's actually more of a Sting fan uh, that the police fans would pile on. You know?
0: See, I think like I have. I feel like Sting has sort of been left in the dust a little bit, like in his legacy in pop music. Right? He's kind of like. I mean, did you guys check out the out? Al- we actually, our our buddy that we play that we play a lot of music with Grace is on his album that he made with Shaggy. Really? Sting <laughs> did a duets record with Shaggy. Like that's where we are.
2: I'm love the idea. I mean. Shaggy as a concept is great for me. <laughs> I love it, it was great. it
0: wasn't me as i i stand I stand by it wasn't me as a great song. I think it's, a great, song. That, it's a great song in terms of the narrative song. and everything.
1: I think they actually like play though they they play like classic shaggy tunes and sting like we'll sing those parts. I just want to hear Sting's oh
2: yeah. Um, oh my god, he would be great at that. Okay, I'm gonna Google that
0: later. He so I I but I feel like he's sort of like this weird joke now. Like he's this weird. He made a loot record. Like he's, he's yeah. like he's like I, a, I have he, his
1: Christmas album. Have you heard that? No, thing? no. It's like a holiday album. It's the worst. Like, and I love Christmas music. And when Christmas time comes around, I just put all my holiday music on like, shuffle. <laughs> and every time something from that fucking album comes out, I'm like, God damn <laughs> this fucking album! And I like fast forward. I hate it and, so much. And he also. Go ahead, go.
2: Why? What? Why is it so bad? Why do you? Because it's, it's so not
1: bad? really Christmas too. It's like it's like these really like old like British folk tunes, you know? Oh. It's like soul cake, soul cake, <laughs> five shillings for a soul cake. it's it's
0: it's, it's, it's garbage. And it's garbage. He wrote a musical about like the shipyard that he grew up in called The Last Ship. <laughs> he's he's done. Also, we've had friends who, we've had friends who play on that show too. And like and then also he like took, did like four versions of himself of his like hits with strings. Like four versions of them. it's not this like there's not like a sting with strings record. There's like four of them and it's the same hits with new arrangements. He took like it's like Roxanne and like three or whatever you know it's it's it's, it's um. And, but there's just something about him that, like, he's so out of touch, as he most fans are. Be-
1: because he went from, like, being in a rock band to being, like, this collegiate, like, a college professor. Like, he wears, like, turtlenecks now. Right. And-, and, and
0: also, those early Sting solo records with the Steely Dan tie-in, like, the jazz pedigree of players that he has on those records, Kenny Kirkland, Omar Hakim. Like he has cats beyond cats playing on yeah, yeah, those yeah. early records and they're amazing and they're like borderline, like weird new age. Brent Brandford Marsalis. Brent Brandford Marsalis. Um so yeah, that's my that is my submission for quintessential dad rock. Are we do, do you guys accept that? I concur.
2: I oh I totally accept Okay, goodness. so you think that's all yeah.
0: right let's move on to Grace's. Grace and and of course, uh, you know, I hope we didn't give away too much earlier here with this. Ah. Oh the jam
2: I remember the
0: sweet listen to that listen to that sweet so good. jewish voice oh love perfect
2: shit. um all right can i like can that. i start should we let it play a little more should I show no us? break it
0: down girl give it to okay. us okay
2: <laughs> so like a lot of the ones on my picks like I have reasons that they're dad songs, but a lot of them I actually heard because of my dad. <laughs> um, so no, but really like we, Wait, I, have re- I have very early memories of, you know, my dad playing this in the car and he would do this thing where w- if it was a good song had come on and we were in the car, we would have to sit in the driveway until the song ended. Um, and there, yes. it, I have a very specific memory yes. coming from some sports thing, but you know, would not let us get out of the car until this song had finished. Um, so he it, folks, your right, yeah. He, he's you know, it was a good point. And then when I have kids, I'll do the same thing, obviously. But, um, for this, like, I kind of felt like two songs that sort of like what I also consider dad music uh, that sort of reminded me of this song were, um, and, and and let me say it first and then i'll sort of tell you why they reminded me of it but mm-hmm. like Sultans of swing in both 25 to 64 which i both think of as dad music dad core um hardly
0: um, it is hardcore dad core could and, not agree and, more
2: and i think those those songs have this sort of feeling where and and so much of silly dan is about musicianship you know and and lyrical content i feel like you know no dad is really listening to silly dan and being like i yeah, like these lyrics, like I'm really feeling them. Like I feel what the you know, it's I, I feel like it's more about the sound, this the things, the solos and things like that. And Sultans of Swing and Twenty Five or Six to Four and this song have this sort of like trading off solos kind of sure. feel.
0: Yeah. The
2: way that you know twenty five or six to four did and and in, in the way that sultan's of swing kind of is just about like guys who are good at playing instruments getting together showing off their chops, having a good time you know twenty five or six to four is I don't even know what that song's about like I I could sing each instrument song solo like guitar solo by, it, no it, by I'll tell you note. what
0: it's not about but it's I definitely not it about bad. math because that makes that's just there's no mathematical <laughs> logic five, that made like I'm like four, still six, that is like four. that's up there with like pie and like you know, these these uh the golden ratio it's like no one can figure out how those numbers relate okay
2: good um but i i just think it's like sort of and you know sultans of swing is about just like going you know it's raining and you go into the club and there are all these like boys you know playing to a crowd of nobody um and so i think that that those kind of all sort of remind me of like very dad things and also uh you know, but then also to get into the lyrics, you know, they do they do sing about you know a girl being very cruel, and I feel like that, like you know, that bitch, you know, like you know, I feel like that in a lot of like dad rock is is not about you know you've got oh, yeah. your love ballads, but you've oh, yeah. got a lot of like there's
0: there's anger, there's a lot of yeah, there's like, there's, there's anger of, in it, absolutely. So,
1: what is my old yeah. school about? It's about like I've, re- I've I've it's I've about tried about to college. read. Into, N- it, I know right, it's about Nina bard, and but like it's about something happened, right? Like uh, you know.
0: Uh, well, but, I I, Steely Too. Mm-hmm.
1: What, what happened with Gino and Daddy G? And but, like, I how, just,
2: I, I, just assume that Steely Dan. When I hear Steely Dan, I just, I take it in the way that sort of like how, and maybe I'm wrong, and, and it's probably because I don't know that much about like, I know Steely Dan's songs, but I don't know about much about the inspiration. But like the way that John Lennon sort of wrote "I'm the Walrus," where he was just like, "These are just whatever lyrics. I just want to write a song." That's how I feel. Yeah, yeah. Steely Dan. It's just I don't know, but I could be wrong.
0: Well, you're no you're you're but you're not wrong, like the impress, it's impressionistic stuff, but what what I think they're doing is they're world building, right? Like and especially as you get into the later records, it's always about these references like, you know, uh in glamor profession, special delivery for hoops McCann, right? It's about a drug deal. It's about like all these sort of sinister things that are going on, and they're putting you, which is by the way, I will and I said this earlier before we got on, I am going to reference Aristotle at some point. That's how deep, but like it that's is, very dad rock of it years. is very dad like very, very pretentious very pretentious yeah, yeah. but this idea of the in media rest his principle of being in the middle of steely dan puts you in the middle of of a situation and yeah. you don't know who mm-hmm. these people are and you don't know what's going on and you're inferring all this information um which is a tool that a lot of great songwriters use especially the real gentleman of queen's favorite greatest songwriter of all time what, what where, 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 where are we right now in the podcast what minute are we at how long have we gone? I think uh, we're about like 20 minutes. We're 20. So. I don't even know if we're that far, but it needs to be said. Bob Dylan's the greatest songwriter of the 20th century. It just has to be said, Brian, every podcast at a certain he's point. He's the best songwriter
1: agree? in his particular boxcar on the train. I can't even tell if he's fra- frozen or- Frozen
2: tra- or offended.
1: <laughs> I said Bob Dylan is is for sure the best songwriter on his particular hobo boxcar. We have a long term It's, yeah. Yeah, we'll, this we'll seems leave. like
2: a personal sort of thing that you guys have talked about before.
0: It's it's it gets a little yeah it gets a little thick.
1: Does Bob Dylan make Dad Rock? It's not it's it's not uh, Bob, it's D- Bob Dylan not, makes
0: everything. It's can not sophisticated. I, can Bob I ask Dylan you a question? <laughs>
2: Bob, did you say <laughs> Bob Dylan invented rap? <laughs> <laughs> People love saying X invented rap, and it's never <laughs> yeah, a ra- and it's never like it's a black. It's never person. a rapper.
1: No, no, yeah, it's it's always a white
0: person. <laughs>
2: It's always, people have said to <laughs> no. me like, the opening number from the Music Man is what invented rap music. That's not true, but.
0: <laughs> right, right. What were you gonna say, Grace, were gonna, I, I didn't, but I. Oh, I, I was he, gonna, no, this is, it was ahead. just
2: about like, uh, something that had happened to me. I, I just like, haven't really been able to talk about Bob Dylan that much with people, but like, <laughs> it's kind of well, it's like well known that he's, I had said it and people, what I'm, I'm saying this because people got mad at me for having this opinion, which is that Bob Dylan is a bad singer, correct? Isn't he not yes. a great singer?
0: Um, we, this is, listen, <laughs> you, are, you are really going to the third rail of this podcast. I'm sorry, away, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Straight away. Let's just steer back right time. into we'll it. Talk about it. <laughs> um, he's, a, yeah, he's, he's maybe the greatest singer of all time. I mean, if we're
1: <laughs> Bob Dylan is not what you would call, you know, the same way you would, you would say, like, you wouldn't call this man classically handsome. You would not call him, uh, his voice, classically pleasing but he's an effective so good, singer for right, what he does. Good. Right. You wouldn't call him a good singer.
0: <laughs> but he gets the job done for what he Yeah,
1: n- I n- it he's needs bad
0: be. artist. There's a lot of Bob Dylan and Donald Fagan, though. Would you agree with that statement? Yes, yes. and I would also agree that Donald Fagan is of that same ilk, that he does not exactly sound good. Um, I so I see my whole thing and I I think I think you are I think Steely Dan you cannot make a dad playlist without Steely Dan on there. But I do think there, and something you hit you hit on, Grace, that's really interesting. There is this sort of like hidden, like darkness and rage in their lyrics. And I think true dad rock, there's always this sort of like, un, I am unappreciated, I've been emasculated, and I'm gonna hit back now on some woman or some situation in my lyric. Um, I think that is like a telltale sign of of, a, of dad rock. Like there has to be sort of this like, my, if my, my, my power was once threatened, and now i'm like taking it out on whoever that is
2: i mean it makes sense this is a feeling that men have just like almost by default like if you're a musician and you're a man you're having these feelings probably already why would you not include it you know into your songs i mean like that it's it's in, so, it's in so it's in so many songs
0: and absolutely and it, yes and 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 i you know i, I would i am sure in some of my earlier work i've done i've been guilty of it as per, for sure um hopefully i don't anymore um i just talk about Mainly, how sad I am. Um, okay, Brian, let's go to your quintessential dad selection here. And I, I, I can get behind this. You can get behind this. All right, cool.
1: You let me know if you think I'm off in this. You know, you know. I mean, who's got more kids? You got the two. You got the two to my. You, you, so I. So for I, every kid I have, you have two.
0: Exactly. I have double the. I have double. All right. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. What, what we listen to, Brian. Yeah, let that ride, baby. This, also, this is Graceland. This also will fall when we do our um, cultural appropriation uh, playlist. I think this is going to be the. the <laughs> we go go. pl- oh, he's, got, he's got. plenty more where that came he's from. We'll be all Paul Simon just stealing music <laughs> from other people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the best was I was I was doing some uh, you know as, as as I'm doing my research for the show you know ten minutes before we hop on sure uh, there was a, there was a song fact note that says this song was written. And produced solely by Paul Simon, and I just nearly—I I nearly threw my computer on the floor. So we're listening to Graceland by uh, the man, Mr. Paul Simon, who's way better than Bob Dylan. Uh, and this is <laughs> this from—it's—it's it's the self-titled track from Graceland, and uh, I thought this checked all the boxes for dad for dad rock. You know, it's it's music that dads listen to. I, I tend to think of dad rock as like. Uh, at least in the classic sense is like some baby boomer shit and uh, you know who's more baby boomer than Paul Simon and this is like 80s Paul Simon you know by the time you know these, these guys are all like dressing in like kooji sweaters and like weird 80s fashions and uh, I think it gives you like a double dosage it hits you on dad uh, on two different dad levels right because it's it's dad rock just being in the genre that it is and then also the lyrical content it's like telling the story of a divorced dad going on a road trip with his kid you know while you know to get over that's good yeah uh, this 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 breakup I, th- I think it was written about uh the breakup of his uh second marriage to uh carrie fisher carrie fisher a lot
0: of good a lot of good paul simon songs about carrie fisher um maybe my favorite um it's the one on hearts and bones it's hearts and bones hearts and bones great song yeah hearts great, and car- bones that's carrie right fisher. that's right
1: and uh the nine-year-old traveling companion he mentions is his son Harper,
0: who sounds exactly like him. Does he sing also? Harper Simon's music, he it it's just like Ben Taylor with James Taylor. He sounds exactly like his father to the point where it's disturbing. I had no idea actually that his son had a music career. Car- you can Harper Simon did I no? I opened for Ben Taylor. I never opened for Harper Simon. So does uh, Liam Finn, Neil <laughs> Finn's son from Crowded House. That's a whole thing. Like. Julian Villard has shared the stage with some of all of your favorite artists kids that's right I absolutely (laughs) have um and and the the idea that like we could do a whole uh when we had Josh on we talked about the Sons of Springsteen podcast um but uh the uh I just totally spaced out no but that we could do a whole podcast about Sons of Famous People I like that. We're son, sons of famous singers. Anyway, so continue. You were singing about Graceland. It is double dad rock because... It it's
1: double dad rock, yeah. So, you know, it, it's dad rock just for the genre. You know, it's Paul Simon or whatever. It's 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 a little proggy. He's proggy. He's out here, uh, you know, playing with South African musicians and, you know, getting, but, getting world music-y on us. But not
0: getting his hand, like, you know, in a proper sort of dad like he's got enough money to be like i'm gonna go in i'm gonna record these musicians i'm gonna go back and do the rest of the record at home and i'm gonna rip them off and i'm gonna take all the credit take all the credit i i i, I you know, in, these are in... these are podcast touchstones, grace we must talk about the superior of bob dylan over all uh, mm-hmm. songwriters especially uh black no, 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 no it's julian must we because this is <laughs> yeah it seems like, like a, a julian cut, thing but this <laughs> is definitely in the bylaw bylines of the podcast agreement that we signed and then also we talk mm-hmm. about how paul simon is a a cultural plagiarist and we we are a low slobos supporting podcast <laughs> <laughs> we are los lobos certified we're los lobos we're gonna get them on the they're the, like legendary about talking about how, how paul simon like made them sign contracts that they couldn't own any of the music they wrote and
1: all i need stuff. to share i need to share with you this quote i found while researching graceland right I he's mean. telling the story about how he was you know he heard this johnny cash type rhythm in his head and he had put together this rhythm section from south africa ray fury bakithi kumalo and isaac michali as the rhythm section and he says to ray you know i like this drum pattern so, you know take it listen to to see, if, see if you can do anything with it. And he says, uh, Ray starts to play his version of American Country, it was in the key of E, and then he's playing, uh, uh, and then he, he goes to this relative a relative minor chord to that key, and I say, hey, that's interesting that you played a minor chord, because all the music I'd been lit recording in South Africa, uh, it was all three chord major chords, and there was never a minor chord. There were times when I'd ask Lady Smith Black Mombazo to, to sing a minor chord, and they couldn't sing a minor chord, They just they just didn't hear it. So <gasps> what I'm telling you, what I'm
2: disrespect.
1: telling you, Paul Simon, it, it, the he brought minor chords to Africa. Did you know that he colonizer he, he invented it? The colonizer, right? He, <laughs> his version of Manifest Destiny was bringing
0: mi- minor <laughs> chords to the motherland. He there there is a, a thing of him, like that's just sort of. First of all, he ha- clearly has like small man problems. <laughs> Like, that is like a Napoleon Is conflict. he
2: short? Is he a short guy? <laughs>
0: he, I'm
1: going to Google it.
0: Oh, my God. Paul Simon. He's a little guy. Yeah, he's a Paul little Simon guy. Paul Simon might be the shortest man of all. Just look at any Simon. <gasps> I'll go. Yeah, he's really short. He's prince-sized. He's a baby. He's, he, is a, he, is the, he, is, he is like in the measurements of pop stars. He's prince-sized. He's smaller than Tom Cruise. He's, he's like smaller than Pacino. He's prince-sized. Paul Simon, um, Prince, Bruno Mars oh good oh yeah interesting um so the but there's um this great video of him on the dick cavett show explaining how he wrote uh still crazy after all these years and it's the worst most condescending narcissistic awful like just he's awful and he reeks of privilege and everything
1: wait i've seen that video i love that
0: video he's like he he, he,
1: like plays it in like a different key right because he's not done with it yet
0: it's like i haven't gone to the bridge like i didn't prepare this
1: all right. Or, well, right. Me, oh, I didn't finish this song. He's like, anyway. "Oh, this is just this is a little just a little something I'm working on, and
0: there's nothing, you know." So I accept. I think all. I think both of your submissions, being also being the arbiter of Dad Rock for this podcast, that I have named myself in the tradition of Dad Rock, I have just assumed that I'm the person who decides what Dad Rock is. I think both of your submissions are absolutely quintessential. I agree, hundred oh. percent. Okay. <laughs> that brings that brings me much joy. <laughs> um, it should now. We're on to our next category. The Outlier category of dad rock. These are things that are push the boundaries of dad rock. And I'm going to lead off with this because I have a lot to say here, as usual. What what what's this? You say? What year is it? <laughs> is it 2001? Have I just graduated Hampshire College in Western Massachusetts? I think I have. Welcome to the real
1: world. You said to, me. Come to
0: All right. I can say it now. Nineteen years later. This is a certified pop. Oh, it's so, good. <laughs> it's so, good. It's so it's good. good. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I fuck with this song. It's I could not so say it. Like the best of me. <laughs> Alright, anyway. Um th- you're listening to a not short man. How tall is Mayer? He's a six four, solid six four.
2: Oh, of course he is.
0: <laughs> yes. Mr. John Mayer hailing from Bridgeport, John Clayton, John Clayton Mayer hailing from Bridgeport, Connecticut. No way. The home of the blues, Bridgeport, Connecticut. The home of the blues. (laughs) Let's get to that weird chord. Here we go. So, yes, this is uh, his lead off track from his debut album. I'm so mad. uh, No such thing. So, a little history on me and John Mayer. Um... I uh, was one of those. We're we're almost exactly the same age. He's a year older than me. I uh, two years older than me. I was very much trying to get a major label deal in the early aughts, and uh, eventually succeeded at my quest in England. Um, But at the time, I my music and my was very much like in that zone, or I was like trying to occupy that space. And he was the goat. He was the guy, and it was very difficult for me to sort of appreciate what he was doing at the time. Cause it was too close to home. And I, you know, I was in that lane with the Gavin DeGraw's and the Jason Mrazes and all the sort of, but, and that lane has a name, which I think for me, which is tangential to dad rock and it's boyfriend rock and John Mayer is in my mind, the godfather of boyfriend rock, which essentially it is the rock that your boyfriend makes.
1: So dad rock
0: is just grown-up bro- boyfriend rock. That is exactly correct.
1: But they shit. have
2: such different kind. Connot- boyfriend to me implies loving, and your body is a one. Well, actually, that's not true. I've had horrible boyfriends. What am I saying?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: but but when I think of boyfriend rock, I think of well, maybe it's because I'm thinking of like boyfriend sweater or like boyfriend jeans, which are just this very like idea of comfort Comforting. or something like that. Well, like
0: imagine you were dating. Uh, well, first of all, this is this is you're assuming that you're a white woman or my idea of a white woman who's in her early 20s um you're dating like like you're like oh my boyfriend's in a band or he writes songs and like yeah he's like really kind of good like this is what he sounds like and this is and john uh-huh. mayer is the highest level if that, you're
1: right i was gonna say if you're really
0: lucky well your boyfriend's yeah, actually, good cause cause
2: second, actually good because wait a second because usually john, that's
1: like usually boyfriends
2: are bad at guitar and i think john john mayer is one of like the one of the best guitarists of our you know of my generation okay. at least
0: is John Mayer good at guitar, though? Of course he is. Yes. whether well, You're, you're going you're to dispute that John Mayer can play guitar? I'm like. going to say that John Mayer is not original. And I'm going to say... that. But that doesn't is, mean he's not good. No, no he's, exactly. He's technically proficient. But I think there is sort of, at times, a lack of originality in dad rock. There is sort of a sameness and a sort of safeness that is dadness. And that is... <laughs> Go ahead, no, go ahead, please. But please.
2: that doesn't mean that they're, I'm arguing that he is a talented, technically a talented, very guitarist. He's a brilliant like,
1: guitar player, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot busy. of dad,
2: you know, a lot of dad rock does sound the same, but you get these like killer guitar solos. Okay. Yeah, they all sound the same, but they are these great guitarists.
0: Would you, know? you say Eric Clapton is a dad rock guitarist or a dad rock yes. artist?
2: Yes, Would for sure. Would you say
0: that John Mayer is like young Eric Clapton? Uh, Sure. Yeah. Young okay. Stevie Ray, you know. But but I'm saying like, but Stevie Ray isn't dad rock. Stevie Ray is blues, right? Stevie Ray is, I just think there is a sort of like edgelessness to John Mayer, right? And to all, and to so like for sure it's edgeless, yeah. And, and 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 just like there's an edgelessness to Sting, right? And even in all his angst and then with the police, there's always this sophistication that's brought to it. And I think boyfriend rock, obviously like the lesser members of that genre when you go down the list and you get the, the Gavin DeGraws or the, Jason Moraz's or you know, even dare <laughs> I say the Julian Villards at time, or or the you know if you get real low you get to the Michael Michael Tortures or as we called him Michael Torture or uh, the In- Ingram Hill and like all these sort of your naming sp- names I don't even know what the I know that is. these yeah. are like this is some sheer, this is some white people some shit. really white I'm shit like, okay. this is just this is all like I get off at Mraz you know oh you dude I, I, Mr A to Z <laughs> I get off at I get off at uh, <laughs> yeah. but what's interesting is I think that you know Mayors like he makes dad rock now, right? I mean, like think about the records that he makes now.
1: Can you make dad rock and not be a dad? Yes,
2: but I I don't think, I mean. I mean,
0: Donald Fagan's certainly not a father when he does My Old School. So right. much of John
2: Mayer's listeners though are women. Yeah. So so many of them I are.
0: That is a good. Well, that's why it's mm. boyfriend rock, I guess. That's what. That's right. why I, I'm sort of. I'm. Picking it does. It, it, hard, it right. checks but a lot. That's I, an excellent I, point. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but it's very like it's very proggy. Like this. Remember with this with this guy on the radio. This is this is not like your typical right, pop. on the radio. so it definitely Z, checks
0: but, that box. He's got like this serious set. Like near Z's playing drums on this. Who plays with Genesis? Like he's. You know. It's there's there's, there's like, I just feel like. There is a lot of similar traits in John yeah, Mayer yeah. to all, like like he, there, there I, is a level- Well, he's
2: notoriously of, a dick,
0: yeah, you know? And
1: my, my main beef, I think, is I don't know that I'm ready to call millennial music dad rock. First of all, like, doesn't it, it have John to Ray- be like John two Ray- generations-
0: John Mayer's not millennial
1: music. He's, but his fan base is. Yeah. No i don't think so when this this came
0: out in 01 you know what i mean like that's not millennials that's not that's gen x man he's like this sort of transitional artist
2: i'm a millennial and and i remember like waiting on the world to change that was like you know i my dad well my dad got room for squares first so i heard it in 2001 i was in fourth grade but see see, my dad is the reason and he has the guitar uh tabs for it we had the book
1: yeah i I think mayor's audience is millennial you know, I he think, himself think, may be Gen I, X. I
0: think Mayor. How old is the brother? He's forty-two. He's forty. Okay, so he's Gen X. X. I, I he I think Mayor, I think Mayor is that Mayor makes dad rock. Even though maybe his identity, I mean, like, but he has a deep kinship with artists like the, the Eagles and like Sting and all these sort of like kind of core genre stuff that I think he's just sort of like he's like sexy dad rock, you know. <sighs> or like, but there's something about him that's like so toothless in his music and, and, and excellent. There's an excellence to his, I mean, I, I, and I, I've like come around. I mean, I was the mayor hator, as Brian, and I like to call it when you're a hator, you're a connoisseur. It's like, it's spelled H-A-T-E-U-R. I was yes. a mayor mm-hmm. hator. and I've come around, you know, I, I think it's that, that, I think it's that tune, New Light. And it's also those, the, the later, the newest record, The Search for Everything, but like and also, he's now revealing in his lyric what an asshole he is. And I kind of have respect for that. I'm like, when I heard who says, I'm like, all right, there's the guy. At least that's honest, you know? Well, like, I mean, he,
2: his debut on, on Room for Squares, he sings My Stupid Mouth.
0: There and, you, you know. go. And also, yeah. when is he going to get fucking canceled? Because he, I was, think... alwe- he was always showing was... us who he was.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point that, like, it's kind of hard to cancel a guy who, you know, Rolling Stone interview like 10 years ago was, I mean, Please. he's just done horrible shit.
0: Can, can I don't know, I mean, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like he's a, he, like, I mean, whatever. I also know other intel that, like, he's an untoward human. Um, oh, but, um,
2: y- yes, yeah. I've, I mean, I I've, I've have friends who have, yeah, he's a really bad guy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, so I see there's some, there is, like, some doubt in the ranks that, like, maybe this is, like, but I do think that this this is on the, this is on the outer edge of what I would qualify as dad rock. Like, dads, this is, okay. Like, but this, it's, it's your outlier pick. This is this is supposed this is my outlier to be debated. Pick. Yeah, right? this is. I think like Dad's fuck with John Mayer.
1: Yeah, I fuck with John.
0: All right, all right, all right. Let's keep going. The silence is is deafening. Um. All right. <laughs> this is this is Grace's outlier dad. It's project, an outlier, which I think is also interesting. I'm gonna. <laughs> just wait <laughs> i can't wait to hear this i'm look i'm i i just did the white man's overbite so you look know at both this. of you right are now look like, at both of you right now in here if i'm if i'm up here like both fisting like this
2: both of you are dancing <laughs> i'm just saying
0: <laughs> you can't deny it grace what are we listening to
2: well listen to uptown funk by bruno mars and mark ronson uh great song from my incredible album uptown uh, uh no uptown whatever the mark ronson album uptown summer or something like that came out in the summer of 2016 such a good album uh with like you got kevin parker from tame and paula on it stevie's on the opening track for this it's a great album this, it's a great song
0: this is on a so this is this is Bruno featuring on a Mark Ronson track. On right? a Mark it was, R- yeah, it's actually originally it. Yeah. it was, and, and then, then he they, like because of the success of it, it became everybody. Right. Yeah. Um, um, continue.
2: So so this is so you had said you know before we we had said that you know millennial rock we can't really call it dad rock. I think I I'm gonna have to disagree. Like I wouldn't call like I'm positive that in you know in a few years or in ten years whatever I will be calling. John Mayer's music, Dad Rock. Right now, maybe I would call it Boyfriend Rock, but I'm positive now where I stand that that, is a de- that, that will be Dad Rock. I also
0: like that you right. you're like, you're accept, like, boy, Boyfriend Rock is now canon, which I'm feeling really good about, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah.
2: I, yeah I mean, I don't know. I've got
0: you get issues you know, with I've that. I've got to like, unpack that. It's not my boyfriend. <laughs> I'm not dating that guy. No, go ahead. Um,
2: <laughs> um, but so, and this maybe the, I mean, and this is, you know, I had, I think I had tweeted once that, like, my dad, loves the song just loves it and i'm not basing all my decisions on my dad but um i you know he loves it i had said i think i tweeted once like my dad would take a bullet for uptown funk or whatever and and i had people in my replies being like my dad loves it too my dad loves it too my dad loves uptown funk um and and so and i think it could you know sort of classify as rock because so much of bruno's stuff or at least his really early stuff his big hits were things that basically just sounded like old Funk sort of soul songs that like dads can be like I remember you know I've heard songs that sound like that uh, because Bruno just does bring so much of that like classic cool. soul and and funk feel.
0: So that's something I brought up on in our text thread. I was like, is this really like are we is it dad rock or is right. it dad quotations rock? Rock. Because well, like unless, it,
2: yeah no go ahead, go, sorry. Right.
0: no no you go this is this is your song go 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 go. Um. Uh.
2: Well, I well when I first played it I was like all right. You know, if if we can call Steely Dan dad rock with all of these, you know, with songs that are funk, you know, things that get sampled in rap songs, things that have these like danceable, funky, soulful songs, then I I felt it fair. You know, why not sort of, you know, definitely uptown funk has a more pop, you know, commercially machine made sound than, you know, some of Steely Dan, but you know, there's guitar in there, and and you know it. It rocks. So it definitely is more dad rock.
0: But there's also but but also there's I think what you're heading at is that there is a phone there's, there's a dad subgenre. Funk, subgenre of dad rock. But it's it's um there's a sophistication with the song, right? I mean like and, and, yeah. and I think that's a lot of that is the Mark Ronson of it. You know, Mark Ronson also similar age to John sure. May. Sure. For sure. And and, and um, like, yeah. a curational element to a lot of what Mark Ronson does. I mean, also what a lot of what Bruno does too. But here's a question for you, Brian. Do you consider Uptown Funk a Mark Ronson track or a Bruno track? I think
1: of it as a Bruno track really uh but i mean i don't you know
0: i mean are the tins like all over this they must be right like the- i think so yeah yeah, okay, yeah this was like I, a production backing band that's yeah,
1: like yeah i oh, think okay. ronson called bruno was like yo let's work on something for my you know it was just it was ronson because it was for ronson's album first. got it
0: okay okay you know
1: but like you know it's a it's a bruno track you know but i think um when, when i think about this being considered dad rock it doesn't have the sound that i think of dad rock but i think the image of like all these like middle-aged white dudes at the cookout or you know at the barbecue like you know dancing badly to this song definitely Definitely uh would would add it into the uh, It strengthens
0: the case and, and case also for
1: sure. And when you think of Mark, just think of the visual of Mark Ronson in the music video with his like sunglasses on, looking like, like a douche like trying to look yeah, cool. Like this, it's like it, it Mark Ronson looks like the epitome of dad right. this, this video.
2: is exactly what I said in my notes. Well I also said uh wait, what was the first thing? Oh shit. Oh, the the idea of like I think something something that's imp- Part or tied to Dad Rock is like the idea of timelessness, it, in that sort of like you still you know like still listening to it now. Like we're talking, you know, you can talk about Dad Rock now. It's people are it's relevant, and I think this song Uptown Funk will be you know played at weddings forever. It's it's got this relevancy that I feel like there'll always be dads, a generation of dads that like it.
0: I think you hit a nail on the head there with that word when you said timelessness because I think that is sort of a very consistent trait because. There's this idea that like dads like, sort of be, are past their prime, right? They're not relevant anymore. They're sort of moved on. <laughs> we are washed, and, <laughs> and the, they're washed, and they're, we are washed. We are definitely fucking we washed. Are that's for sure. Washed, for sure. I, have, yeah, I, am, I am washed. Um, and the the, <laughs> uh, the idea that like these songs sort of activate them and give them relevance, right? And that's a really strong case because like dads can be cool, being like, I like Uptown Funk like the kids listen to that. And like, that's, I am like, I'm all in on this as an outlier pick. I'm all in.
2: Okay. And then there are also, there's like, we think of dads as you, you, this is like more dissecting the term dad than it is of rock, but like, you know, we think of dads as like wanting to just, you know, listen to the Eagles or or listen to Celia Dan and and do slap in the base, like Paul Rudd. But then you also have the dads who like, Go and get the newspaper in their boxers and their sandals and in their socks and the sort of like just letting it loose sort of like dadness like letting go dadness and I think like a dad that has sort of let it go will be like I love uptown funk you know what I mean so I I I, I don't know so it had some I, of no I'm mean,
0: I'm all in maybe we should just rename the genre to dad <laughs> yes, this, 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 this is just dad
2: yeah <laughs> so it's like um. So yeah, so that was. I mean, so it's like it's an outline. No, but like, no,
0: this is great. I'm. It's I'm, a good. It's a good outline. It's really good. It's really good. So, I, and I think that's what um, the the struggle is. Like, this is like it's it's really like the it's like the soundtrack to dad. You know, it's like, and I think in all the ways that that work, and I and I see that sort of being a, like a difficult, elusive thing for us to pin down. Um, could you, we could we could have called it shit. Your dad rocks.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Shit, dad yep. rocks. A hilarious anecdote about uh, 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 Uptown Funk is that, you know that song, it, 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 it was essentially um, a remake of the Trinidad James rap song, All Gold Everything. Do you know that tune? I don't know. It was like it was like a hit, you know, Southern rap song that, you know, was like, gold in my ring, gold in my watch, don't believe me, just watch. You know, so everything was like, the, all the lyrics were just, it was essentially Bruno re-singing, you know, a re a, a re-lyric version of this song. But- the horn stabs in 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 uptown funk are approximating a part of the song where trinidad james is dropping the n-word three times in a row so it's like n-word 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 so every time it's like don't believe me just watch. i can't hear it the same after i learned that this was an approximation so so and so now it's hilarious when you think about it and then also how do you think ronson sang it to the horn players to play oh my god (laughs) Oh man, hopefully he just
2: like transcribed it. Was, yeah, like, yeah, right, this.
1: Yeah, you know, he's a DJ, can he write charts? I don't know. Yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> um, that's a wild, all right, all right, moving on. This is uh, Brian's outlier pick. Uh, and this, this is like probably the most rockin' tune, I would say of all, this is like, we're really getting into the rock here. Stone Cold Jam, in my opinion too.
1: Oh, you rock with this? You mess with this?
0: How can, I mean, come on.
1: This is my shit. And in '97, this was my shit. I drove a in 1997. I was driving a 1984 Nissan Maxima, and I had a tape deck
0: that I rocked this album on. I'm so thoroughly. I, mean, I, I love that. Like we're bringing out the Orange County, the, the New York State Orange County, and you Brian, right now. Like, you
1: know what I mean? Yeah, you know, listen. You know what I mean? You're I, grew at, you're I grew up in the your burbs. You're getting into the suburban roots here. My, you know, my street cred's in order, but also you know what I mean? Got mad white friends. I know that. I know my white shit. <laughs> But, so check it out. I was, like, so mad that you brought in... I I, I thought I was going to be all, like, creative to have this outlier tune that was, like, more recent. And then the both of you brought in, like, freaking <laughs> Bruno Mars and, like, John Mayer. I'm like, okay, so this is, like, some old shit.
0: What are we listening to, Brian?
1: We are listening to Everlong by the Foo Fighters from their sophomore album, The Color and the Shape. Uh, once again, from 1997. And uh, I included this to say, you know, the classic archetype of of dad rock to me was baby boomer music right but uh, obviously as the time as the years go 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 by you know our music becomes dad rock the same way we become dads right so now the shit that we grew up on this is like my high school you know the, this is the year after i graduated high school you know what i mean so now to like the young kids this is dad rock you know and um
0: maybe, i don't know maybe not quite because like you'd have really young dads like how what do you mean they, like how young are the kids? Like to 10-year-olds, this is dad rock?
1: Well, to a 10 to I mean to a 10, 15, 20 year old, like we're in our 40s. Think of think of how old 40-year-olds were to you when you were a kid. Yeah, it's old. You know what I mean? So You know, I don't know about the lyrical themes. I don't know about, you know, I the main thing that makes me think this is dad rock now is A, you know, I'm of the dad generation now and this was my high school shit. And then B, I think of the fact that like Dave Letterman loves this tune. Do you know that story about how like when Dave Letterman uh, went uh, went for like triple bypass surgery or something like that? Like this was his shit. This was like his favorite song or oh, whatever. Boy. So then when he finally came back on the air, uh, you know, uh, his his the show as a surprise, to him got like the Foo Fighters to come on, and, like perform the show
0: for him. It was like this big moving moment.
1: So like, look, if Dave if Dave Letterman fucks with this shit, it's dad rock.
0: You know what I mean? This song rocks too. I mean, like, what's his name? It's is beautiful. is Taylor Hawkins the drummer? Is that who that is? Dave, Dave Grohl is actually the drummer on the track. He's on so, this one, okay. So this is like full Grohl, full.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is this was one of the he. I forget who the uh, original drummer was in Foo Fighters, but um, Dave Grohl famously thought his drum tracks weren't cutting it. So like right. behind his back, he went and like redid all the drums for <laughs> the entire Paul album. Paul McCartney. Yeah, <laughs> and then they hired Taylor to come in and I like you know now Taylor records, but this was still Grohl on all the
0: drums. Did you know that Grace that Bernard Purdy claims he played all the drums on the White Album. That's yeah, true. Purdy. That's Purdy, the It's like one of Bernard Purdy's things. Like, I play the wild on the White Album. That's Purdy's
1: me. been saying that wild shit
0: for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? uh, <laughs> yeah he's like, <laughs> he's that's, like me. that's me. On, that's me on that shit.
1: Well, he's, he's like, you know, that bass player, Carol Kay, who claims that she played all of like James Jamerson shit on right. like the
0: classic Motown. Record. She's
2: claimed like, to play James Jamerson stuff.
0: No, yes. no. No, Carol, Carol Kay, like the super famous. Who's yeah. A- yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Be, yeah incredible female bass player from this what well, so, yeah. so
1: it's like you have these two legends who already have amazing right. stellar resumes and they still feel they need to pad it some more but be like yo i, I actually played on
0: everything that's great right. it's all be um i will i will i like your interpretation there as again as the as the true arbiter of dad rock in the room that i've named myself which is a very dad thing to do i think that that i like the fact that you're saying that that this through the passing of time, but like again, it's, it's 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 so much of the dad rock thing is related to time, right? It's it's related to this idea of like what was relevant will eventually become dad rock, right?
1: Less is it's a less less about a particular sound or genre, and it's more about the the audience that's listening to it.
0: Does trap rap become dad rock eventually?
1: You know, well, I think you I, I don't think you would call it dad you would call it dad rap. Mm-hmm. you
0: know what i mean like there's, I'm there's so dad excited rap now, for dad you know I mean? rap
2: yeah yeah i'm so Ooh. excited for dad rap to really take I, off
0: i will now. argue that like Bismarcky and slick rick that stuff is dad rap oh my god You be so like run, this run dmz is total dad rap my point. dad's yeah.
2: favorite so do you, you guys play gta 5
0: i have a, i do not yeah, i have i have I okay
2: think, well you can there's a there's a wet there's, there's a when you drive around you get to choose the radio and there's all these different radio stations. You can listen to all different genres. And one of the, the radio stations is West Coast Classics, which is all really old uh, rap. And my dad loves playing GTA Five, and that is his favorite station. So your dad much-
1: sounds hip as well. Your dad is a He's legend, cool. Grace. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's why I was like, had a lot to say about this episode, uh, but. But yeah, so I, I think that there is already like a very dad yeah. rock. And my dad already has like been very drawn to like really early 90s hip
1: hop. So, dad rap.
0: Not Slick the big, Rick is definitely dad rap. Dad rap. Yeah. Not to big time you guys in the room, but I may or may not be a voice in GTA 5. Um, what? You know, uh, there may or may not be a non-player character that walks around that you can beat up and yells at you. And then What does he be,
2: say? He's
0: like, hey, get off me. wait i know that voice (laughs) it's like well that was you (laughs) I, i so i did a session for um rockstar like a voice of vo session and like they recorded me saying all this crazy stuff and like whatever and it was like a regular union voice session and then like i then some fan of mine found it and like Found me in the game. And it's like, I don't even know how he did it, but I'm literally like some dude, like you can beat the shit out of who has no plot relevance. And I'm just like, whoa, you know. Anyway, that's it. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> Man clutches wallet. Pretty- <laughs> all right. We are moving on to the final round to our goat round greatest of all time, Dad Rock. And I almost want to pass up going first here because mine is so. Oh, good. no, you don't. I think I do. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna pass because I want to finish with this. You know what? Is that no? I'm gonna go with it. I'm oh, gonna finish go with
2: it. it if, okay. It's just
0: like it's so epic and it's so intense. I'm gonna do it. All right. I'm gonna do it. My this is my goat dad rock pick.
1: I don't know this. What is this we're listening
0: to? What?
2: Yeah, I don't know it either.
1: No, oh, I know that voice.
2: Okay.
0: Wait a minute. Neither one of you have heard this song before. Wait, 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 wait.
1: I know who's singing. Bert. That's Henley. Oh no no yeah yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. I know. I was just like, wait a minute.
0: Am I hallucinating? Am you know, hallucinating?
1: but this is this is a tune that has to get to the chorus really before you'll before know it as soon as the chorus. No, you you know, know what I mean? Yeah. No, no, I know
0: it now, but. I'll talk a little bit when we get to the chorus, and this is an, this to me is an all-timer dad rock tune, also an all-timer divorce rock tune. Maybe one of the, maybe perhaps the goat of the divorce rock genre. Also, it just keeps going too, like we're in the pre-chorus now, you know? Um, Hold on, I misplaced my. uh... Anyway, this is a Don Henley singing The Heart of the Matter off of his 1989 classic, The Heart of the Matter.
2: To get down. Oh, I know the song. There you go. I know the song. You know
0: the song. Um, so this song is written, co-written by uh, J.D. Souther and uh, Mike Campbell of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, uh, who also co-wrote Boys of Summer. Famously with uh Don Henley, um, and I want I think that this song has maybe one of the greatest first verses of all time, contrasted with one of the worst second verses of all time, contrasted with one of the most hateful bridges of all time. It is a lyrical hodgepodge that is totally heartbreaking. It's all about divorce, it is the like penultimate and entitled dad attitude, and of course, like nothing. So let me, I'll give you like some of the breakdowns of this song. Right. And let me, let me find, find some lyrical stuff here. And I, and you can make the argument that uh, I don't think Don Henley wrote the lyrics to the first verse. I think, I think you hear, you hear a lot of, um, you think you can pinpoint which writer took which verse? Absolutely. I think this is a JD Souther uh, lyric up top. The first stop is I got the call today that I didn't want to hear, but I knew that it would come an old true friend of ours was talking on the phone. He said, you found someone. And I thought of all the bad luck and the struggles we went through and how I lost me and you lost you. What are those voices outside love's open door make us throw off our contentment and beg for something more? I'm learning to live without you now, but I miss you sometimes. I, I feel like I'm, it's really weird that I'm just reading the whole lyric. But anyway, it's- um, I'm with it, man. I, I was rocking with this. Very shatner the more I know, the less I understand all the things I thought I knew I'm learning. This is like, this is dad at his weakest moment. I've been trying to get down to the heart of the matter, but my will gets weak and my thoughts seem to scatter. And I think it's about forgiveness, forgiveness, even if you don't love me anymore. Incredible. I think it's
1: about, yeah, it's a great lyric. Great, great, great. Next
0: verse. This is, there. these times are so uncertain. There's a yearning undefined, people filled with rage. We all need a little tenderness. How can love survive in such a graceless age? Ah, the trust and self-assurance that can lead. What the fuck is this shit that can lead to happiness? They're the very things we kill, I guess. Oh, pride and competition cannot fill these empty arms. And the work I put between us, you know it doesn't keep me warm. That has nothing to do with the
1: first verse. You're right, bro. You're so right. The first verse is like wild personal.
0: And the second verse is just bullshit platitudes. It's wild personal. (laughs) and And then the bridge comes along, right, when he says... There are people in your life who've come and gone. They let you down. <laughs> you know they've hurt your pride. You better put it all behind you, baby, because life goes on. You keep carrying that anger. It'll eat you up inside. The thing, they, they literally have, lyrically have three things that have no relations to it. It's like basically this is dad after the kids have left, and he's had something to drink, and he's fucking furious, and he's going off about his divorce. And it Damn. feels very and – and obviously I would be remiss that I do think the Eagles probably are the epitome of dad, dadness and dad rock in general. Um, What are some, oh yeah, let me get to my Aristotle quote essentially, which is this idea of uh, it's uh, in media rest in the middle of, right? It's this idea that the narrative puts you in the middle of this thing when it's just the first verse. I got the news today that I didn't want to hear it. You want to know what happened, right, right away. And it's just this, I think it's, it is a very, It just it just reeks of sophistication and ridiculous production and like just overkill. It's it's opulence. It's to me it is quintessential. It goes for a long time before we get a chorus. Oh my god. And it it's like it takes its sweet time. I think this what's the what's the length on this song? It's gotta be a it is a five minute and twenty two second pop hit. That's a slow build. Yeah.
1: Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Like, but so it, that first verse is so
0: strong that it carries the rest of it unreal the right the first verse and the melody it's, right? you know like it's, it's just the lyric and melody is so great this was and this was a number two hit on the mainstream rock tracks on billboard it was a top almost borderline top 20 song is um,
1: this the same album as uh boys of summer
0: no boys of summer is building the perfect beast that's 1984 that's the early that's which, which by the way has like nothing else good on it um in conclusion that is my goat dad tune uh d- and let's just, move. we're gonna, I'm just gonna cruise straight into Grace's because it is like, this is a seamless transition. Cause it's like, this is, these are these, I think these guys, this is the heavyweights of dad rock right here. These are the heavyweight champions, I would argue. Um, and I allow this. Normally, we do not allow repeat songs by artists. That is a big no no. But because I don't classify this as a Don Henley song, I think we're okay. I think, I think we've, uh, we have gotten through the, uh...
1: this is the daddiest rock of the, oh world. yeah.
0: Well
1: Dads love harmony work. It's it's they do. They love
2: the little, you know, call and response vocal thing. I think like the opening lyrics, the opening, you know, verse in this is just like you know, emotions that all dads want to just like harken back to seven women on my mind, you Two know. want to stone them. Yeah.
0: Who are we listening to? I mean, like, like you even need to say it, but go, go for it. Grace.
2: This is uh take it easy by the Eagles. Yeah. It's just, it's just so dad. <laughs>
0: Come on, this is what dad Song co-written by Jackson Brown famous. Really? Yeah, oh yeah Well, I mean, also, you know A very a, D- Jackson Brown Also a purveyor of the dadness And also maybe the divorcedness Lawyers in Love Some great dadness there um, Who sings lead on Take It Easy? It's Glenn Frey Okay, so then you're good We're just listening. We're like literally just. I know we're just, we're just enjoying. it. We're just enjoying the song.
2: <laughs> we're just being dads.
0: <laughs> we've we fully made a full transformation into fatherhood. Um, so I'm drinking a Miller Genuine Draft. <laughs> okay, so first of all, how many of you guys have seen the Eagles' doc? I've not. You guys have not watched that. Okay, that is like. At, sp- I did watch the Linda Ronstadt joint, and that shit was fire. Okay, if you like the Linda Ronstadt, which which is like a really a great doc, the Eagles' doc is like is maybe one of the great music docs and it has an element of it that it's a great documentary but it's also a little bit like of a some kind of monster metallica vibe where it's like oh my god i mm-hmm. cannot believe what total jerks these guys are like they're notorious awful humans and some of the stuff that goes down and that is, is is hysterical and don henley and glenn Frey are the worst but when's um, the documentary from oh it's like you've got it on netflix i think is it, is it once no, a no, like what, what year was it like oh is it recent re- or is this like hell freezes over it's five years ago Oh okay yeah. Glenn Glen is still alive? Right? He dies he dies in 20 or 2016. Um first guy first man out the door in 2016 by the way. In the in the year when when everybody dies. And you know, everybody talks about Bowie and Prince but Glen Frey Glen Frey was out the door checked out I think in January that year. Um wow. I don't know like let's talk about the Eagles a little bit. Let's just talk about kind of like what they represent and how I mean, are you guys do you guys consider yourselves Eagles fans? I love this song, and I know about
1: two other Eagles songs. I think
2: I I stand life in the fast lane. I think that is that would have been like my pick. I love life in the fast lane. I think it's great. Hotel California, whatever this, and that's pretty much it for me too. Just like three or four.
0: So you guys are right because I'm I more of a Steely. I,
1: I love Steely Dan. I got all if if not all this shit. I
0: got a bunch of this shit. I don't have any Eagles. Albums. Yeah, I think the Eagles are like they have this equality then like they're all their music is giving like unsolicited advice. <laughs> take it easy. Okay. Yeah every song. Every song is like is explaining to you how you're supposed to behave. They have this sort of like weird, creepy, sort of narcissistic omniscience. They're just like, you know, like like they're trying to comment on like the way, like the mood that's in the air and you know it's very boomer. Very boomer. Have um, you guys
2: ever seen the oh sorry have you guys ever seen the the Hugh Jackman uh take it easy tweet? N- no it's it's literally just a picture of okay i'm only saying this because i wanted to bring it up but you can go back to your point but it's a it's a picture of hugh jackman up against a wall someone's clearly taking the photo of him he's just in a white shirt and he's smiling at the camera and the caption is quote take it easy unquote and then it says like dash the eagles like it's from the eagles it's just a photo of him standing there that says take it easy the eagles
0: also a weird eagles thing they're like of that era where it's not actually, they're not actually the Eagles. What do you mean? They're called Eagles. Oh,
1: wait, the Eagles are not the
0: Eagles? The Eagles They're are not Eagles? the Eagles? No, they're called Eagles. They're called Eagles. It's the same thing. It happens all the time in the 70s. The Bee Gees are not the Bee Gees. They're just Bee Gees. And the Carpenters are not the Carpenters. They're just Carpenters.
1: But the Bee Gees were the Brothers Gibb.
0: Look it up, man. The band is called oh, Eagles. Shit. Band is called oh, wow. Bee Gees.
1: Foo fighters, also. Like, foo fighters are not the foo fighters. It's just foo fighters.
0: Yeah, but that makes sense because there's like an activity that's happening. You know, like they're foo Fighters. Fighting foo? They're fighting <laughs> foo. Right. A foo fighter is like a flying saucer. It's bro. not like a, it's not, but it's not like a, a noun. I, I don't know. That isn't like, just like it's just weird to be like, Eagles.
2: Okay, I got us sidetracked. You can go back. I'm sorry. No, I,
0: I mean, I remembered the tweet. Point, you're, you're the, you're, you, you hold the scepter. No, you but know?
2: you were making a really good point about the Eagles, and I just was remembering Hugh Jackman. So. It, <laughs>
0: I mean, I wanted to. I just wanted to bring up
1: that the gods, as I recognize them, of Dad Rock are the Eagles and Steely Dan, and then they were, both were name dropping them each other. Well, music. there's that,
0: right? Because that's an incredible thing that they have this crazy sort turn of turn up bri- the Eagles. Turn the, the neighbors, the neighbors are listening, are listening from. Um, what what album is it on? Uh, Royal Scam. It's it, on Royal it's, Scam. That track, and then obviously, um, famously from Hotel California, they stab them with their Steely knives, but they just can't kill the beast. And that's supposedly, I mean, whatever, they've like asked Don Henley about what that song means. And he keeps saying, "Um," you know, he'll never explain. It doesn't mean anything. Um, Hotel California, let me tell you something. That's in the top 10 of songs you don't want to play when you're playing karaoke piano at a piano bar. That is oh just god. like oh god! It is it is like in the it is in the pantheon of the Bohemian Rhapsodies of the Wonder.
1: Do you pro, do you approximate the guitar solo with your it's right just, hand? <laughs> I just play do? thirds. I'm
0: like <laughs> <laughs> I just like do like arpeggios and shit. It's just like hey, let's get the fuck out of here. Let's get to the next song. Here give me my ten bucks. And, While your eyes oh, are I'm rolling like, like, back like, in your head, and it's like one of those tunes where like you know the guitar solo is. I actually did that with the legend Al Street on a on a on a bar gig, and he played he like. We, we did Hotel California and he straight up learned the whole solo and did, and did all the stops and everything. And I was just like, this guy's, a, he just did it. He was just like, I'm like, it was on the list and he just like, and he whips it out and the whole band was just like jaw drop that he played the solo. No for no. He just was like, I'm going to do it. It's like playing the Freebird solo. It's just like, we're going to do it. Um, Wait, did he, did he learn it for the gig or he just had it since he was 14 because that's what guitar players do. Completely unclear with that guy. You never know. Um, all right, let's go on to Brian's dad rock, which is, this is interesting. This is your goat. Because I would say this is my um, I, this is a goat, but a different goat for me. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know if this is my Rep, well, No, no, no. But a bit, I can, I can feel a little bit of the Bob Dylan influence here, just kind of creeping in a little on that. Yeah, Bob
1: Dylan did harmonica. invent the harmonica. He did. He did. He, he, he built, built it, it. So the built same built way it. that that Paul Simon brought minor chords to the entire continent of Africa. Bob
0: Dylan. Bob, Bob Dylan <laughs> invented invented rap and created the harmonica. <laughs>
1: So, uh, yeah, so I was in trying to think of the Goat Dad Rock song. I, th- I was like, this song has to be big, man. It just has to be like this huge kind of uh, anthem. And I-, I landed on Thunder Road by Bruce Springsteen from the uh, uh, Born to Run album. So you and uh I think it checks off a bunch of these boxes. I don't know if you would call it sophisticated, but it's sophisticated for Springsteen. Right? It's yeah, not like some you know some some it,
0: you know it's it's not like a hungry heart or like a born in the USA. Right. It's very very literate. It's it's as through composed as Springsteen's going to get.
1: And uh oh, the co- the chorus of the song only comes once.
0: If you would call that the chorus, right? Like that's actually that's funny. That's funny. I, I didn't think about that. You're right. No, he doesn't go oh thunder road another time. No, that's it. The thunder road only happens when
1: <laughs> it happens, and it never comes back. Right. It never happened before then.
0: Uh, sort of like a much debated song in the in the Brian Julian lexicon. We've had many arguments about under the bridge. What the chorus of Red Hot Chili Peppers oh under the bridges? That's like a we could do an hour on. What is the actual chorus of that song?
2: Oh my God! I'm like in my head. I'm like t- 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 <laughs> trying to figure out what it is. <laughs> um,
0: what else you got to tell us about Thunder? I, I thought you were going to have some real bile reserve for this because this is like the the like the rockest act of all time, and his uh, rise to prominence is perhaps one of the deepest raucous maneuvers, which I shall share with thee. Um, this. Bruce Springsteen was- You're saying fabulous.
1: rockist, oh, as in like rockism that I, that I always champion against, that I rail against. Jan
0: Wenner like, is the devil. Fuck Jan Wenner all day. Um, but, but the, you know, I, I really get down with the Born to Run out, bro. That's my shit. So Bruce Springsteen was on the cover of Time and Newsweek uh, like when this came out. He was like, the, hailed the savior of rock and roll, right? In the mid 70s. And the sort of irony that like kicks us off is that he got these, we get these incredible reviews in Rolling Stone. The man who wrote those reviews was one Mr. John Landau. His manager. Who was his manager at the time.
1: Amazing.
0: Amazing. John, Yep. And John Landau uh, was uh, for years trying to find this great savior of rock and roll. He's tried with the MC5 in Detroit. And that's a whole John Landau-like thing. And there's an incredible book that I think that I would recommend to anybody who like about that and other things called, called by Fred Goodman, who's a great writer who wrote for Rolling Stone. It's called Mansion on the Hill. And it's all about sort of the creation of the modern rock behemoth and modern pop behemoth and it just talks about the rise of MTV and, and it talks a lot about Bruce Springsteen and John Landau and it's very, very, very fascinating.
1: Did they have a falling out? There was like s- s-
0: managers suing each other, suing him and... Landau's been his, like Landau's been his right Oh, hand. that's been his guy. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, well, he had the falling out with um, Mike, Mike Appel. So Mike Appel signed him to a notorious production deal very much like Billy Joel signed with Artie Rip. Mm. um the uh these guys who have these names that like tell you what they do you know already rip right rip or like Bernie made off you know um, <laughs> right so and and they both like then he didn't rec- Springsteen was barred from recording a new record for like you know that's like why there's this huge gap between his born to run and darkness on the edge town it's like three oh years. wow um alex I yeah should... I mean what do you think Grace you feel like this qualifies his dadness is your it... better question does your dad like this song
2: no okay we were never a bruce springsteen family i honestly i knew like some of his hits i didn't know them well really i can honestly say that like the only bruce springsteen song i like love is the east street shuffle but that's just like i like the stuff with his i just like don't i'm not familiar with his like music stuff and this probably is wrong but like you know it feels sometimes to me like there's bruce springsteen and then like there's billy joel for like your like long island sort of like tri- tribe uh- long
0: island,
1: right long island has billy or joel jersey, jersey has bruce springsteen jersey. right michigan's jersey, got the- uh, the- what's,
2: yeah what's homeboy's so-
1: name that uh bob seger is from michigan's that guy you know
2: right like who's the massachusetts areas. guy
1: neil diamond the guy he's, yeah he's from the new guy york sweet though,
2: caroline guy oh then i don't know
0: no, no, no. Deserve- they,
1: they, they they love Sweet we, Caroline in Boston, but like Neil yeah. Diamond's from New York, no?
0: Massachusetts is like Steve Forbert. I don't know, it's like some weird folky.
2: We don't deserve anybody, but <laughs> uh, we just, I just yeah, like to you know,
0: like,
2: grow, grow up with him. And he's also just like such a lyric, I don't know, like he's known, because he's a good lyrical guy. I mean, I don't know, he's got a great band, I guess. I don't know, I guess I just don't listen to him that well, but I know a lot of dads like him, so
0: sure. <laughs> but th- but th- there's something about bruce like where i would sort of think that like he's a little so you're you, and you're hitting on it there that he's very like well first of all I know the interesting bruce scene, bruce springsteen fact he was a musical theater major in college Get no
2: i literally was going to be like he just wasn't musical theatery enough for me like the, i i tend i draw to like the ridiculousness of billy joel who's but, a great musician but... but
0: springsteen is more ridiculous than billy joel like Billy Joel is maybe like like lyrically. If you listen to what he's like, the man is still talking about fixing cars in the glory. of America. <laughs> yeah, Bro, my so favorite lyric ridiculous. on this song is "There's
1: there's there's ghosts in the eyes of all the boys you sent away, and they haunt these
0: dusty beach roads in the skeleton frames of burned out Chevrolets." Yeah, it's like how do you get? Fa- Come on, like, that's just brilliant though. You gotta. Yeah, that's it so, it. so good. Wrap wrap these velvet rims around my engines. All that shit, <laughs> like yo, Bruce business.
2: Springsteen invented rap.
0: Yo, Bruce,
1: <laughs> <laughs> New Jersey. rap rap legend there's Tretch from naughty by nature and bruce springsteen bob dylan
0: invented bruce springsteen all right i'll tell you that much um but no That's fair. I, I think he's like you know he sort of is like this he's got that weird faux preacher vibe and he's always like sort of like like you know like it's it is a a, a certain kind of dad is into bruce and i almost feel like if you were going to go full dad rock with bruce you would have been better off picking in my opinion like something off of born to run this right. is born and right. Oh, you mean born in the I mean, USA. I'm born in USA. I'm sorry, like, yeah, like something... Glory Days. I
1: guess is epitome Dad Rock. Yeah, like that's right?
0: like you know. But but I'm so I I'll, I'll accept. That's that. fair. Um, that's fair.
1: And I should state for the record, my dad listens to none of this shit. My dad is into oh. bolero music. You
0: know yeah, your dad. Yeah, it's like we we'll do. We, we, but that's poppy rock.
1: Yeah, poppy rock. We poppy, rock. Poppy, <laughs> poppy
0: rock is what we, what we do. Um, Speaking
1: of which, for Dad Rock, I wore the the poppy hat. Oh, you wore the poppy hat. The, that's right. The poppy hat. This was gifted
0: oh. to me by one Julian. Claude Ballard. I just decided Um, your middle name is Claude. It's Claude. I wish it was. It's so much more Jewish than that. Um, I think we've. That's it. That's our playlist. I mean, normally we have honorable mentions, but we're trying to keep it like succinct. And I think we've nailed it. Is do we? Do you guys have any final parting thoughts about dad rock in general? Like, are there any things that we missed? Are there artists that maybe like we should be probably throwing in there? Like to talk about.
1: I like thinking about what the future, what the, what's the next generation dad mm-hmm. rock gonna be like
0: we touched on with like- I the, like this, like so phone. what if you were gonna pick one artist or one song that you think is likely to be viewed as that is a contemporary song that will be viewed as dad rock. Contemporary song. Like yeah. will and Impala be dad rock? Oh shit.
2: What are, what are our feelings about like Radiohead, early Radiohead?
0: Is, Is that sure. already dad that, rock? Well, I that's mean, Rage Against
1: dad. the Machine has already become dad rock. Right? You know what I mean? You got like Republican senators or whatever, not realizing Paul like, Ryan's Man. favorite band. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Is Rage
0: Against the Machine Paul No. Yeah. Yes. That's he literally in 2012. Oh, he
2: said that was his favorite band. <laughs>
0: He's like doing the PX90. He's like, I
1: fucking love yeah. that shit.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. The uh, rage, rage towards the machine. That he thought yes. it was <laughs> rage the, for right. the machine. Rage,
2: rage along with it.
0: <laughs> rage, <laughs> rage to the machine. Um, the yeah, the, Radiad's a good call. Like that's you know, it's like a certain kind of weird indie hipster dad. Yeah. Oh, so oh, to, wait, wait. Yeah. So Coldplay for sure. Coldplay. Coldplay. Um,
1: Coldplay's dad. Ne- next generation dad rock for sure. I have so many in five. I don't in, know. In, in, in three years. Coldplay. You don't think? Rock.
2: Maybe early Coldplay stuff, but there's something it, about the the audience being m- women that throws uh, me off. Whereas Radiohead that's, that's, is primarily dudes that like to. That's good, right? About Radiohead because it
1: really. I my, didn't know that women listen to Coldplay.
2: Oh come on! No, I'm, I'm,
1: <laughs> are you being serious? No, I guess I don't know. I don't, <laughs> no, it's I don't okay. Know. I'm not gonna cancel I, I, you. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, I just I just, like, I just
0: don't know who listens to Coldplay. i just I just I, I never all, knew who their it's like a whole really audience was. of. I just thought it was throw. just some white shit, you know. Just that. I did. I I do remember. I went to see Coldplay off of the X and Y tour, and I um I had that moment. I went with my, my male friend, and we just looked at each other like. A, we made a big mistake. Like, like why? Like, we felt so self-conscious because we were just like we're just two men who went to Coldplay together. It was just very, and it was like this moment, this moment I had to kind of not be a fan anymore. I was like, moment where like my fandom or like the music, me being into them versus like the idea of being like, like I couldn't reconcile them, and I'm like, I can't be the guy who likes Coldplay anymore. I just can't, I can't do it.
2: Yeah, I was my, it was my first concert, one of my first concerts as a teenage girl, so uh, Mm. that makes sense.
0: You know, he's. See, I would say that John Mayer is more dad rock than Coldplay because I think like there's like way more, he's got more of that duty shreddy thing going on. Whereas like Chris Martin, everything, every song is about like, you know, fixing a relationship or like, you know, diamonds made out of the, I don't know. Um, or superheroes. Like, like Beyonce will be mom rock, right? Like, like, and she already kind Jay-Z of. Jay-Z
1: for sure is already dad rap.
0: Jay-Z's dad rap?
1: Oh Yeah. Have you yeah yeah yeah
0: for sure. But
2: the, the, none it, of he, yeah, none of the new stuff he's making is yeah, it's it's even the stuff he's coming out with now is dad rap.
0: I guess my like my thought is is that like it can't just be that like the popular music of the day then becomes dad music. It can't be that simple. There has to be some other ingredient that pushes it towards dadness. And I think the thing that we've settled on which I thought was interesting is that one is that the story being told is being there is like a dadness in in the storytelling and um the other thing is that it's like and this was interesting what grace said is like it's like a newer song that like engages the dad you know it's like oh dad feels safe in this space i don't know
1: mm-hmm.
0: all right well, I, a, that, I guess it's yeah. hard to
1: predict who's going to be the
0: dad rock when they haven't made it yet we'll think we'll, we'll come up with it anyway um grace you you are like you're officially i think brian and i can say this you're a dad you're a dad. Oh my like, God. You're totally okay. a dad, and we accept you in the in the brotherhood of, of dad.
2: It really means a lot.
0: Welcome to the patriarchy. Welcome to the
2: be- <laughs> Oh my God, I feel so powerful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it has been an absolute pleasure. We, I think we both want to hang out with your dad sometime. Like maybe- yeah, we a You probably
2: do, yeah. I and he would, you would probably love with, it.
0: With your dad. Um, And uh, thanks for taking the time to come on our podcast yeah. and talk about this stuff. Uh, you can find this playlist Get this, check out this name for our playlist, Grace, uh, as RGOQ <laughs> ep 7 colon, Dad Rock um, uh, on Spotify. And please, um, you know, rate us, do it, share it with your friends. Uh, we'll be back again next week with another installment of The Real Gentleman Queens. Uh, my name is Julian Villard, and this is my co host Biski B-Ski-Goyasso. Thank you guys so much for listening.